Hey, Jason Rice here with Lot Party. And again, the theme of the show is if you ever worked at a dealership on the physical lot, you know what a lot party is. Getting everybody together to stir up that lot, maybe move things around or clean that lot up. Well, this lot party shows all about what we could do on the virtual lot and or just better inventory management as a whole. And if you can catch our previous episodes, there's been seven so far and they've all been great. The first one's about new car. Some best practices and strategies in today's market, the internet shopper, what you can do to increase new car exposure. Second show, interviewed a professional photographer and, and some tips on how to do better photos and we give you some great examples there the third show is we talk to a small dealer Moberly Missouri and some of the benefits and struggle of being that small town dealer fourth show we talk to a Highline dealer uh, Infinity Acres store that actually does velocity and turns that inventory has an average day in the 20s uh, the fifth, fifth show, we just went over myself, no interview, but we went over the flat price strategy, how to price a car at twenty grand instead of nineteen nine ninety five. Huge results when you do a strategy like that. The sixth show, I interviewed uh, Dennis McGinn from Rapid Recon. It's a software system that helps dealers uh, turn their inventory faster on the recon side of it. Not to promote Rapid Recon, but it was there about the strategies and the cost that it, it takes if you slow that process down. And then the seventh interview last week, interviewed the actual service director of the large dealer group that has a four-day turnaround time and what it takes actually on the lot to get that done. So this show, though, today, we're going and interviewing Dan Oaks from Oaks Auto in Kansas City. He's in a very competitive market. Here's an independent lot. That matter of fact, they have a, probably a CarMax within a mile or two from their dealership. They have large dealer groups in their market. You'll hear about that in the interview. So I hope you enjoy the show and catch out the previous episodes earlier. And at the end, we'll also give you a best practice tip. Thanks. Hey, Jason Rice here with Lot Party. I uh, want to introduce you to Dan Oaks. He's owner of Oaks Auto, independent lot in um, Merriam, Kansas. Kansas. And which is what, 15 minutes out of the city? Yeah, pretty much from just south of downtown Kansas City. So what I want to do in this show, we've... Uh, Independent used car lots. There's a lot of, of them out there. It's a struggle. I know that's tough uh, not being a franchise dealer with trades and, and parts and service type of revenue. Um, but first, when did you start in the car business? How long have you been around? I started in about this time of the year, about February 2010. Okay. When I started, so about six years ago. Six years ago. And where did you come from before the car business? Totally non-related to the car business i was in energy trading and uh actually had gone up to new york city and worked for an investment bank okay. in 0809 right when the economy kind of unraveled and uh landed back in kansas city and was doing the same thing but i kind of saw the economy and i didn't think the area i was trading in was really going to bounce back so i was looking for something kind of different and <laughs> and uh always liked cars and and i Grew up with a couple of my father's friends, had used car lots, and okay. just decided I kind of wanted to work for myself and do something in an area I had interest in, and, and just right. kind of dove in part-time on the side and started a one-man band. So kind of got your wholesaler's license or something and bought cars or dealer license and just kind of Yeah, I just got side. my, my dealer license. I actually operated in a, an office I leased in the back of another guy's lot uh, cool. and just started there bought a few cars out of the auction started listing them and just kind of did all the pictures and, and every pretty much everything myself to get them listed right to the descriptions you know answer all the leads deal with customers try to get the sales and 
I mean, just it it was literally a hole in the wall <laughs> place. <laughs> so then, and the perception was that too, you know, when yeah. people showed up. Yeah. So, but hey, you obviously now you have how many employees? We have, I think, thirteen right now. Nice. And then, how many cars are in the lot? We keep around one hundred and fifty in inventory. Retail ready out there is usually one hundred twenty to one hundred thirty. And then, what of that are you selling every month? Then we if we don't sell at least a hundred. We're pretty disappointed okay. for almost a year now we've at least hit a hundred right. per month we, we dip in december we did dip right under that uh, into the 90s but uh generally right over 100 right. and so one of the struggles we talked about in my last two episodes has been about recon and turnaround time i interviewed uh dennis mcginn about rapid recon how fast turnaround time to talk to a, a service director on, on what they do to get the turnaround time good and I would imagine that's a lot of your struggle here. To, I mean, why you got to carry, have that cushion of what you're carrying versus lot right. ready. What, what's those struggles as an individual? Yeah, I mean, uh, that's, that at this point is one of our biggest struggles for sure. It's, we, we source a lot of cars on the internet, so they're coming from outside the area. Mm-hmm. So we're relying on transport to get those in. Here recently we had some that were involved up in the, in the area, with, got hit with the weather and yeah. the storm. So, you know, our, our shipping was delayed almost two weeks on those before we didn't even touch them. Mm-hmm. Um, due to our facility here, we don't have our own mechanic shop, so we outsource that as well. Okay. Uh, we do a little bit of our detailing here, but we have to outsource some of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of things are out, outsourced. We're relying out on outside vendors, their time schedules, and we've grown to use, you know, a fair fair amount of them, but... Yeah. Uh, coordinating all of those things to work as efficiently as possible you know and not having 90 percent of it done but waiting on that last 10 percent dragging another five days to just get that windshield or whatever put in you know that's constantly a fight here um and and that you know we're working on improving that yeah. every day yeah and if you could you know you started from what maybe five ten of cars a month when you first started? I mean, how many were you selling? We, well, under five, I mean, the first, and then we got to around, you know, five to ten. Yeah, and then when when did you get in this building here to be able to host 100 cars, 100 plus, 150 plus cars? It came, it was about a year, just a hair over a year in. It was about five years ago. My, yeah. yeah, so I've been down here since April 2011, so about five years. So with the independent dealer not being a franchise what would you say is the biggest struggle other than what we're just talking about with service turnaround is there other things that you know make it tough that franchise dealers might not understand yeah that's well just your your income streams as an independent i mean we have one income stream it is used cars i mean Uh, that's it we we (laughs) live and die by it obviously um where you know franchise dealers got fixed ops you know new cars, whole parts, and yeah. and all those avenues of, you know, one might be off, but they might make it up here and, and kind of spread that overhead out where it's just all right on used cars so here for us. Yeah, yeah. so that's obviously, you know, one big thing. Mm-hmm. The other thing is just perception. I mean, yeah. I think if you have a franchise nameplate out there on that big bright sign out on the building, mm-hmm. you instantly are more credible to the consumer 
versus just an independent lot. Sure. Um, so we constantly fight that. Um, sourcing inventory, we don't have as many True. avenues. You know, the franchises do have closed sales they can get into. Mm -hmm. uh, that's that's pretty much the big ones. Now, location-wise, you're right down the street within a couple blocks almost of kind of a car row that's off the highway. I think there's what, Infiniti, Toyota, Hyundai, they're all right here. Yeah. Do you get some of that leftover traffic? Is that some of the goals? Because, you know, do you kind of carry their stock, but in a way, strategically, to try to lure those people in? Or is there any, any well, piggybacking that you do off them? We, we do see those kind of customers. I mean, we're primarily Internet-driven. Yeah. Uh, we're search. We're our cars. You know, we're using the Velocity principles. We're trying to find low-market-day supply cars, mm -hmm. high-demand and uh, drive that internet traffic to just get them to come to us. And so we do find a lot of the folks that come down here or have visited those stores, but ideally we're n not trying, our, our inventory kind of, we try to separate away from that certified pre-owned vehicle okay. at those franchise okay. lots. Um, we just don't want to compete head to head at those same year models yeah. because even myself, if I could buy the exact same car from Lexus right over there, certified pre-owned, and it's the same car, apples for apples, I'm even going to go over there just to buy it from the yeah. from the franchise store and have that certified pre-owned. So that would get us on a pricing game where we have to be yeah. significantly less. So we kind of try to separate from those, you know, off lease certified pre-owned cars Light that there's a lot of them out there, right? Yeah. Kind of that commodity car that they're dealing in. Step away, but you get the 11s and 12s that they might only have one or two right. or two, and you got one or two they right. can't really certify it. So yeah, an even ball game. So we kind of really watch our inventory mix with that, and then yeah, we I mean we get people gravitate, and there's a car match right by us too. Oh, so yeah. we get a lot of people that are looking at cars there uh, versus here, yeah. um, which we like. You know, we we just kind of convey our message, build our value here, and what we do, and mm -hmm. our pricing and our product, and and kind of support it and go head-to-head -head with those guys. You, you do know? a good job, I imagine, because there's a lot. I mean, not only CarMax, but Country Hills right there. They're right. independent. That's pretty big. They have a couple locations. So um, that's a competitive market that you're in here. And so not only, obviously, you got to drive it with price um, and, and, and Internet, but I guess for these vendors out there, the guys like you, I'm, you know, I'm assuming your auto trader, cars.com, car gurus, things like that, What's a message maybe for these vendors that, you know, the struggle is the independence that, you know, it's like maybe fair or not fair to from the vendor. And, you know, when the auto trader rep, cars.com rep sits down and maybe you're billing, he's like, you know, if I was this, it would be a little bit different story. Is there any of those type of advice or uh, sympathy stories that, that you could share with some of those vendors that might, you know, help? Well, I mean, we're... we're <laughs> As far as the vendors, we always wish they were charging a little less. And there's yeah. more of them out there now than ever, you know, that sure. didn't even exist even five years ago that have kind of wedged their way in there to get yeah. get our advertising dollars. Um, so, I mean... I know it's a numbers game. It's a lot. I mean, right. the, the more rooftops I can sign up, the cheaper I get, and then the small guys are, tend to struggle. And, yeah. And, and it's like, hey, it's just me here. Can't you get a break? But, you know... I know, again, that's the one of those biggest struggles is how much money can you spend to, to get that exposure when you're competing against a CarMax. It's an independent, but almost gets the benefit of a franchise, the way right. they market and everything. 
than in these other franchises. Yeah, I mean, we're we're definitely at a disadvantage. I mean, I'm sure CarMax has national agreements with AutoTraderCars.com and all those yeah. major vendors where they just have it dialed down to a pretty good cost. Mm-hmm. Um, and independent, we do get a little leg up in the fact that our pricing with some of these vendors is a little different than a franchise. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they go per car. Okay. Kind of how much you your, your inventory is, yes. Yeah. And there's, like with True Car, for instance, their model is on the new car, I know they charge per transaction a set yeah. fee where they haven't, they don't really have a way of capturing that on use, so that's just kind of a monthly fee no. for the advertising. Okay. And we found them to be a pretty good, they, they have their certified USAA yeah. program, and that mm-hmm. kind of transfers the trust over to us as the dealership. and. We found a lot of value in that. Where most new car stores, I don't think, yeah. like True Car as much because they just kind of see them as showing the price that and the interjecting price. them in between and then mm-hmm. extracting the fee out of them. Yeah. So. Well, one of the things I've um, well, you mentioned the where we're we going with this, the um, True Car. One of the things I've heard is they've done a real good job following up the customer, trying to get them into service and everything like that. Now, obviously, without having a service department, that can make make it a struggle. But with your independent lot here, if there was one thing that you know you would say makes you stronger than a franchise or makes you stand out, I know. Oh, you were talking about the warranty. Um, do you participate in one of those kind of warranty programs or certification programs to maybe make your cars a little bit valuable or compete with those? Because I know there's like the Motor Trends and like you said, USA. Are, are there certain things that you do that you would go, man, if, if any independent dealers listening out there, you should be doing one of these type of programs? Is, that, is there something like that you're doing? Well, we, we currently participate in a lifetime program, yeah. uh, which is actually getting ready to be restructured here. Uh, in another month, so we're going to have to take a look at that program again. But yeah. um, you know, it's it, some of the cars out here that qualify come with a free lifetime powertrain warranty, and we tried to build a lot of value in that. There's a cost associated to us, the dealer behind the scenes, in that. So you really got to build the value. Um, we didn't find that we could charge more for our cars as much as we thought. It's still yeah. really price driven, and you know, people looking for a specific car they want. What we did find, though, is that we can really hold that asking price once they get here when we build the value into that program. Right. Instead of kind of getting into a discount situation. What's the ways that you're kind of promoting it? Do you do like on the thumbnail and stuff like that? Yeah, we just, you know, again, we don't do any TV or radio or advertising. We just haven't, Mm -hmm. we feel our dollars spent more in SEO and and just search type advertising like AutoTrader or Cars.com. Um, so we put them in every thumbnail right across the lead photo of the car that qualifies for it. And then we put some literature in the ad itself kind yeah. of about it. Just enough to hopefully pique their interest and get them calling or emailing in and asking further about you know what that is. Mm-hmm. Now, the I deal with a lot of franchise dealers, and I have over the years, and, you know, I know being an independent, you know, sometimes you wish you had that franchise to be able to help with that, but I also hear all the headaches that the OEMs right. and the regulations and what they can and can't do and reviews and then dipping into use like GM. We are talking about GM starting to try to sell their own cars themselves and, and skip the dealers in a way. Um, 
So there's got to be some benefits to being that independent lot. Um, is, is there anything, and I guess some of the overhead too, you know, maybe is a benefit, but is there something that, again, that maybe stands out that you go, you know what, that you might use in a TO with a customer when they say, well, you know, I can buy it from so-and-so. Is there any edge that you feel like you have in the market? Being well, I think the franchise guy is controlled a little more by the OEM, um, yeah. by the manufacturer, especially more. Um, you know, I hear the Nissan guys kind of talking about it right now, how they're driven to this market share number that Nissan wants to hit, and they're kind of after it at all costs. Yeah. Uh, and they're not, the manufacturer's not as concerned about the dealer itself's profitability yeah. from what I hear. Uh, where us as the independent, we kind of control our own destiny. I mean, we can run as lean as we want, you know, if, if yeah. the economy takes a turn and cars aren't selling, you know, there's not as many cars turning over, we can lean back. You know, we can really control our overhead. We don't have that huge rooftop with those property taxes, 60 plus employees and, and mm -hmm. all those factors that you just really got to drive that number where, yeah. you know, your net profit in the month can quickly be eroded away. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I do feel like kind of running lean and mean at times, you know, gives us the a little bit of an advantage and yeah. then we just kind of as far as selling to the consumer I mean a lot of these franchises especially here in Kansas City they're they're now been bought up by the larger groups okay. you know we have Berkshire Halfway here Group One Hendrick these you really get that corporate feel in those yeah. stores and there's some turnover in there and Sometimes the message that those brands want to convey to their consumers is not actually what gets conveyed at the bottom salesperson level that's yeah. interacting with their customer. We're here, we're kind of a tight-knit family. We don't have a lot of turnover. We have that small, you know, we really connect with yeah. our customer uh, when they get here. And I feel like that's an advantage, you know. I mean, if you just look at our reviews and, and the feedback from people, Time and time again, that's kind of the message. You know, sure. we weren't that structured, you know, store with a bunch of different managers and then throwing them in the F and I box and, and pounding on them. And that guy's trying to maximize his pay plan and yeah. you know, he, all, all that that the consumer could care less about, but that message gets conveyed to them in the way they're being they can, treated. Yeah, they can sense it. Right. I always tell when guys are trying to get their bonus that one extra unit. And they, no, right. no matter what they dig, they, they five ups, they can't get it. I think the customer senses it on them, like can smell them, that desperation. Right. But the other thing you talk about is, you know, trying to meet these OEM numbers, you know, and they got to hit this, they're stepping up on trades to do that. And then when they're burying themselves in trades, hard to be competitive as an OEM on that car to the guy that doesn't have to, right. you know, hit those kind of numbers. Yeah, I mean, we solely, I mean, we source what we want to source for our inventory, mm -hmm. uh, and we're really looking at day supply and interest in the market, and we get to stick to those principles a lot more. Where, yeah, I mean, the OEM guys sitting there, they have that number to hit, or it's going to cost them a lot of money sure. at, their, at their monthly their monthly number. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it could be a six-figure mm -hmm. number to them, so they might bury themselves in that trade three grand to yeah. try to get that deal at the end of the month, and then they're going to... That's going to cost them sooner or later down the sure. road. 
I mean, we don't find ourselves in that position a lot, you know, as an independent. And that helps you be competitive with price and then get right. people in the door. Yeah. So we got to wrap up here. But again, if there's one or two maybe ideas or tips and any dealer out there, if there's one thing you think that can help dealers get to the next level, is there any particular thing that you kind of click on as your own that you go, you know what, this is, this really works for me. And if I went somewhere else or if I open another store, this is the first thing I'd implement or anything like that? Well, I mean, you just got to really have a strategy of what you want your store to to run. I mean, if it's going to be subprime, you got to go a whole different way. If you're going to be a prime customer like we are, you really got to set it up that way. And I mean, mm -hmm. we use Viato and the Velocity principles here, and we don't just use it to appraise cars. We use it to run our entire operation. It's our whole philosophy. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a big thing is really setting out what do you want to be as a store as an independent what type of inventory do you want to do because you can't do it all yeah. you, you just can't price it source it and, and do it all and, and be you know competitive um, and the other thing is just really use the internet to your advantage I mean you're guys like us are never going to have that 10 million plus dollar building right on the interstate that whole image yeah. but when they're when the consumer is on the internet searching for these cars like they are now, spending all this time on the internet versus going from dealer to dealer, they don't know all that. Yeah, they don't see that huge capital investment those dealers have. So get your online reputation up, which are the reviews. Mm -hmm. You know, People can start to sense the experience they're going to have if they come to your store by all that online reputation. Yeah. It's huge. And, and we look just the same as any of the other dealers <laughs> in the city on the internet. Sure. You know, a professional web page, good online reputation, and then just comes down to people, price, product. All right. Cool. Well, thank you. And again, I hope you guys enjoyed this interview. Dan, thanks for your time yeah. and appreciate it. And hopefully we see you guys next week on next show, next week's show. Thanks. Hey, that was a great interview with Dan Oates. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And again, it, just some insights of what it takes to really get going from, you can see he was a guy selling cars all by himself a few a month to grow to almost 100 and carrying 150 plus and growing in a very competitive market. So hopefully you got some best practice, some good ideas from him and either as you being an independent dealer or even a franchise dealer. So again, continue to watch the show, watch our previous episodes. We have uh, great content there. If you need some more quick tips, I'm going to give you one here at the end of the show, but you also can go to increaseturn.com and get from more, more information. Or if you'd like a free inventory evaluation, do let us do a virtual lot walk and give you a report. Just go to increaseturn.com. There's a form there to fill out to get a free inventory review. And at the bottom of that form is some more inventory, uh, some more tips on how to turn your inventory better. Thanks. See you next week. Hey, Jason Rice again from LotPop. What I want to go over this week's tip is there's this black hole I've noticed in, in pricing, and here's what I mean by that. I push a lot of dealerships to flat pricing. I want a car to price at 20 grand and nine, not 19.995. But irregardless, uh, most of this, uh, what I'm going to show you is, is charts derivative off that flat pricing strategy. So this black hole that I'm talking about, I've seen it a lot in high dollar, high volume vehicles. Let's say Jeep Wranglers, trucks, Sierras, F-150s that are you know 35, 40 grand. And what happens is, and I'm going to show you a few graphs, but I'm going to give you the theory first. Let's say you have a, a truck priced at 40 grand and you're at 100% of the market. Let's say then somebody goes and does a search for a truck 30 to 40 grand and there's eight pages on autotraderofcars.com and trucks. 
Well, it's high to low. They search high to low, uh, the, the default high to low on these sites. So at 40 grand, you're at the top of that search. They see it. You get a ton of SRPs. You get a ton of exposures. The chart goes crazy. But they don't click on it possibly because it's priced at, at average market to the, and it's at the top of their budget. Now what happens, a few weeks later, you start dropping the price and dropping the price 500 bucks, 1,000, another 500, and, and you're dropping this price. And I've seen, again, 35 to 40 grand, I've seen us get these vehicles down to 37.5 and no one's paying attention to this truck. How do we take a car, a truck, and, and drop two grand to 2,500 off of it and all of a sudden it just disappears and no one even considers it and, and we're not getting traction on it. And what happens again, 35 to 40 grand, there's eight pages. They'll go through page one and page two of those trucks, right? Again, they might not click it at 40 grand. Then they might flip it low to high, and they're going to go through page one and page two. They're not really going to page three and four. They're not going four or five pages deep on their search. So when I'm at 40 grand, and I drop it and drop it, drop it, you'll see the searches just start dropping on that vehicle. All of a sudden, you're at 37.5, which is right in the middle, and that's that black hole. You're not at 35, and you're not at 40, and, and if there's eight pages of these vehicles, they're not getting to page four and five to actually see your truck. So here's a couple examples. This even works on like 18 grand vehicles. This chart here, you're going to see we started at 20 grand. The yellow line is the price. The black line is a five-day average of searches. So at 20 grand, you see that huge spike. And we dropped it to 19.5, we dropped it to 19, we dropped it to 18.5, and now it's at 18, and you start seeing that spike go back up. Okay, there's another example here of a truck. Now, what happened, we started out at 42.5. Remember, that's the middle of 45 and 40. So at 42.5, you can see that black line is very low. We went to 42, 41.5, 41, 40,005. It wasn't until 40 grand where we see this big spike. Now, dropping it back down again, you're going to 38, and as we're dropping and getting more aggressive, that goes back down again. So there's this black hole where if you get these popular price bands, 15 grand, 18 grand, 20 grand, 35, 40 grand, you're going to get the spikes, but if you have to discount it, all of a sudden it becomes this black hole. So it mostly has to do with high volume vehicles. Again, if it's a Bentley or BMW or, or one that's not that many out there, if they're looking for a specific vehicle and there's only 10, this theory don't work. But when there's a, a huge volume of this type of vehicle, somebody does a sedan search or a truck search and there's 8, 10 pages and you go from, and they search 35 to 40 grand, if you're high priced at 40, you're not going to get a whole lot of activity, get a lot of searches, but no one's clicking on it or calling on you. But if you're priced at 40 grand and you're 90% of the market, that's when the thing sells. So it's almost like a, a um, stocking strategy. I tell my dealers I would almost avoid that truck that if I bought it and priced it at market average, I'm at 40 grand, unless there's something special about that truck. If it's a normal truck, you might not get the exposure, and as you drop it down, it's tougher and tougher to sell because you lose exposure. There's some charts I showed you today. If you kind of get that, if you have any other questions or, uh, or inf more information on it, give me a call at 844-LOTPOP4 or email me at jrice at lotpop.com. Thanks.